world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. This week on Parents Are Hard to Raise, Diane's special guest expert, rehabilitation specialist for the blind, Jill Feigelis, is here to share some great tips and resources for helping the visually impaired live their best lives ever. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents Are Hard to Raise on Spotify. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. Growing old has its challenges. Growing old blind, that's a total game changer. Whether loss of sight is caused by genetics, infection, disease, or injury, it can significantly, maybe more than any other physical challenge, limit a person's ability to live an independent life. Normal daily activities like shopping, climbing stairs, pouring a cup of coffee, making a phone call, even dressing, become much more challenging, if not all but impossible, as sight diminishes. Blindness and low vision can affect more than just our independence and daily routine. Loss of sight can drastically reduce a person's ability or desire to socialize and meet new people, which impacts negatively on their emotional health as well. And because the eye is responsible for providing information to the brain, loss of vision can alter balance and contribute to falls. My guest expert this week is one of those rare, dedicated, and passionate healthcare professionals who at the end of the day still loves what they do and can't wait to wake up and do it all over again. Joe Figelis is an expert in blind and low vision rehabilitation. She holds academic degrees in blind rehabilitation orientation and mobility, and sociology, and advanced degrees in developmental disabilities and gerontology. Throughout her 37-year career, she has worked with everyone from infants to seniors. And fortunately for us, she's taking time out of her busy schedule to share some of her hard-earned knowledge with our Parents Are Hard to Raise family. Jill Figelis, welcome back to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Thank you so much, Diane. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we got so many listener emails from the last show you did with us, and it was on macular degeneration, and people were saying how helpful your tips were. So what do you have for us this week? Well, I was thinking about it, and, um, you know, as, as we said with macular degeneration, just to review, that is when people lose their central vision. And the best advice I could give to that is high contrast, low glare in their daily life routine. And I was thinking, you know, another unfortunate disease that afflicts a lot of people is glaucoma. 
where yeah. that take where that's the opposite of macular degeneration in most cases it takes your peripheral and you have a little bit better central vision ah. so so with glaucoma the issues then are lacking depth perception so there's a lot of problems with walking down stairs oh, okay. stepping stepping off curbs potholes um so if you're at the point where you're you know, your diagnosis for glaucoma has advanced where you have these issues with lack of peripheral and depth perception. I mean, the best, honestly, useful tool that you can have is the white cane because in the country and out of the country, people that carry the white cane have the right of way. That's the white folding cane with the red tip. Yeah. We have different tips at the very end of it. When I first started way, way back, it was just called a straight pencil tip. Now we've got a lot of roller tips that roll over all the crevices and the ah. breaks in the sidewalk so you don't get jabbed a little bit. But just having this simple device, this folding long white cane, again, it identifies people for safety reasons in a court of law that if an accident were to happen, somebody sighted, a car run over, anything, in a court of law, the, the person carrying the white cane has the right of way. So it's almost like carrying a little bit of an insurance policy, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But, but, but besides that, if you think about it, the white cane will extend. Uh, the, first of all, let me backtrack that. The, the person you would get a white cane from or you should get a white cane from is called an orientation and mobility instructor. And I believe, as I said at the last um, time we got together, every state has usually a commission for the blind. Okay. Not usually. I'm pretty positive they all do. And through the commission for the blind, you can call your state office. And this is a benefit to state residents. There's no charge for the service. And an orientation and mobility instructor will be assigned to your case. They'll come out to your home. They'll do an evaluation. They'll look at your height. They'll look at your the way you walk. They'll look at your posture because there is there is the long white cane and there is a support white cane. Okay. They, as a professional, will pick the right height and they will in, they will order you the right cane and they will instruct you how to use this cane. So with just this this stick, basically, that should stand about, we, we measure to the sternum or a little higher, uh, depending on the instructor, and that gives you enough time that when you use the cane out in front of you, tip down, and you use it left to right in an arc in the proper way that you'll be instructed, it gives you enough time to react to the problem before you encounter it. So that will prevent falling down the stairs, ah, walking okay. into a pothole. You know, it's it's yeah. such a simple thing. I mean, you know, I, I love that part of it, that it's just a basic kind of white stick that can totally save somebody's life from so much injury. You can travel across the country, within the country. Yeah. Um, it's a simple it's a simple design that works. So that that adds a lot of safety to people with glaucoma. Because with them not having their side vision yeah. or depth perception, that opens up their field that, you know, protects them yeah. from all, all that they would encounter. So I have people that 
have, you know, even if they've lived in their homes for like 40 years, yeah. sometimes when the vision fails, they can't get around as, you know, expertly as they did with vision. Right. Especially, you know, out down the steps outside, taking a walk around the block. You know, they didn't notice the cracks of the sidewalk. They didn't notice potholes. Right. And, you know, one fall, you know, one yes. fall uh, really can change somebody's life pretty bad, you know. Yeah. You know, depth perception. I mean, I remember when I was young and I was in high school and I, I had scratched my cornea and they put a patch on one of my eyes. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I didn't realize, you know, without that depth perception, oh, my gosh, I just fell right down a flight of steps. It's very dangerous. And, you know, that opens up other areas, too, because um, when, like you said, so you had one eye patched. Right. So that gave that gave you monocular vision, one eye, which changes it, changes how you would, you know, your gait, how you'd walk right. looking down. And then also something came up just recently um, with my mom's friend. I'll share that. She's wearing her bifocals while she's walking. Oh, and she is falling weekly. You can't wear bifocals or any lenses with any kind of, you know, anything that's going to throw off your your accuracy when you're looking down or you're going to fall. There's just no there's just no way around it. You're going to fall. You know, when you put any kind of a a different kind, well, like you said, the one eye. Right. That made, made a big difference. The. The bifocals, you know, anything like that. You have to be very careful. And like I said, I mean, one fall to people, breaking a hip, breaking the leg, the breaking, you know, that's that's a tragedy. So, uh, you know, it's hard to recover after that bad fall with a lot of the elderly people. So that's what our goal is. So the cane, you know, we do encourage them if they're lacking that depth perception. That's really the best tool to have is that white cane. I mean, I've had people over the years, I've encountered them, they're using an umbrella. (laughs) I've had people use a fishing pole. I've had people use all kinds of crazy things that they come up with, you know? You know, I mean, they were being creative. So I, you know, I'm not going to take that away from them. But, but again, the best thing in this conversation would be the white cane with the red tip. It identifies the people as visually impaired to blind. So now they have the right of way as well as using correctly you know, it's a very, I can't say it's a hundred percent because as you move it, you know, you could miss a little on each, each side, but yeah. it's a very, very great tool to use for anybody lacking depth perception, or as we say, like tunnel vision or loss of cent- or loss of peripheral, because we want to widen that field and give them that extra tool to feel what they can't see yeah. to cover that space. You know, even I'll bring up you know how the older people now, they used to walk with walkers right. a lot, and now you see them walking with rollators, we yes. call them. Yes. Okay. They're wonderful because I love the rollators. I mean, a physical therapist is more, um, you know, they're the professional to decide whether you're going to use a walker or a rollator. Right. But I, I love either one, but the rollators wonderful because they have a seat. You know, that, that people, when they get tired, yes. they most of them have a seat that they can sit down in. You know, they have the little basket. They've got brakes 
on it, the wheels in the front with the brake. Right. But but what I love about the walker and the rollator is, as I told you, the cane stands out in front of you a few feet. The walker and the rollator, for people that don't see very well, act, act almost as a bumper as well. Because the front of the walker or the rollator is going to encounter the drop-off. Yeah, right. The wall, the piece of furniture before the person's body, again, reaction time. So that's wonderful for them. You know, it's safe. Yeah. Safer. So that's all, that's all good stuff. You just always want to, and that um, would bring me into, I was going to talk today a little bit about walking with a blind or visually impaired person. And we call it sighted guide technique. Okay. And you can also learn that from an orientation mobility instructor. But the when I do in-services and I ask for volunteers to show me how they'd walk with the blind person. Right. Okay. Most people get up and they put the blind person in front and they take their arm and kind of grab the back of their elbow and go walk in front. And I make them look at the situation. I'm like, do you really think this is yeah. the right way? Because... Again, as I talked about the walker, the rollator, the cane, all as like bumpers to tell you what's coming. Right. You want to put the sighted person in front. Right. Okay. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Right. You don't want to put the blind person in front. So what, what we do for sighted guide is you would take the person that's visually impaired. Well, you don't take them. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, um, <laughs> you ask them to grab the back of your vertical part of your arm. Okay. If, if you if you can understand, wait a minute, my my earbud fell out. If you can understand the um, what I'm trying to say, like you take you grasp the the person that cannot see will grasp the back of the sighted person's arm. Okay. But the whole trick, and they take a nice grip, not too loose, not too tight. And then, you you know, the, the person that's guiding you should have like an L shape of their arm. And then that person takes the ver- vertical next to them, the okay. person that's blind. And you but you the trick is, again, you don't walk side by side. The whole trick to this is the person with vision walks a few steps in front. OK, so, again, they can be the buffer buffer. Makes sense. Right. Perfect right? sense. Yes. So if the right. So if the person with sight trips or missteps, the the blind person can let go before oh. they go down. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, I, yeah, people don't think that. And they actually right? yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So so what you want to do is again, I, I'm sorry to explain it like this, but I don't want to confuse anybody, but if you're sighted and you're walking with a visually impaired or blind person you're going to walk up to them first of all you always ask them you know do you need any help you don't just take them right okay you, you don't grab them so if they say yes what you want to do is ha- they should know but if they don't you take their they take your vertical part of your arm and they hold on to it like um you know your thumb on the inside your four fingers on the outside of the arm and then that's on, like, if I'm on the right side, I'm sorry, the left side. And then they walk next to you, but you're a few steps in front of them. Okay. And, and in that way, you don't have to count steps for them. You don't have to, 
they're going to they're going to feel your body all the movement of your body as you walk you know if you go yeah. up if you go down it's it's a good situation more than if you like take a piece of the clothing and hold on to it right we'll be back with Jill Segelis but there's something i want to tell you if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life there's something you absolutely need to know i want to tell you about my friend Katie Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pounds attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. Were you ever young? You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Have an Amazon Echo or Dot? Just say, "Alexa, play Parents Are Hard to Raise podcast." Getting the latest episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that. You're right, Dolly. There are so many really cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku, and like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. So, Jill, you were talking about walking with uh, a visually impaired person. Mhm. Yes. I would imagine so you do in services on 
just that. Most people probably don't even realize that that's something they would need to learn how to do. Like I said, the when I when I work with somebody that really hasn't had an experience walking with somebody that's visually impaired or blind, right? As as many skills, you know, they, I see it in a different perspective, you know, because I've been taught and I've learned all these years, but a new, you know, a new case to the family of somebody that's visually impaired and blind, they really should call in, you know, someone that does like what I do so that we can share with them a lot of common sense things, really, besides the white cane and that needs specific training. But looking at it from our perspective and from someone that's never worked, you know, we really can make a lot of suggestions that just make the life easier for that person that that really doesn't see as well anymore. Uh, Going along with that, with this, we call it sighted guide techniques. Um, If you are bringing somebody that is visually impaired, like to a chair, do you bring them to the back of the chair? Do you bring them to the front of the chair? You know, you really can do either one, but you want, they have to learn also that, you know, before they just sit down, they should like right run their hand down the side of the chair, see if there's arms on the chair. They want to center themselves, feel the back of the chair, put the back of their legs to the chair before they sit down, you know, clear the seat, give a right. circle to the seat, make sure there's nothing on the chair, you know, just simple things like that. Um, when you're walking, let's say, you know, you and your dad are walking in the mall and he's not seeing very well and you want to go into a store in the mall space to a blind person is very scary sounds and space that they're not familiar with right you never you never want to say like just wait here okay you you would would never do that you want to give them something solid maybe to be touching before you leave their side so if you're in the mall let's say and you're with somebody that doesn't see and they definitely should be still going to the mall, even though they don't see. They should right. still be getting out and shopping yeah. and doing things that we could talk about more. But put sit them, you know, have them sit on the bench and wait for you or even stand next to a wall outside the store that they have the wall to kind of touch. Right. Because it, contact gives them instant security. security. Okay. When you're. If you go home and you try to do things and you're just in space, even in a familiar area, yeah, you're much more insecure than the one the second you touch a wall or the couch or the chair, you're gonna all of a sudden feel more, you know, confident, comfortable, secure in your environment. Space is de- definitely a problem for us. Even as an O and M instructor, walking in space is tough. Because even if people assume they're walking a straight line, yeah, most of the time they're not. Huh. So once they use a term we call trailing, the trailing technique, you are touching, your arm is out in front of you, again, as a buffer. You don't walk learning an area with your arm at your side. You put it out in front of you on an angle and you do it like you're gripping like a tennis ball, your fingers are down and we'll put it out in front of them and they can feel go around the perimeter of a new room environment or even around like where the chair is and the desk and the couch, let them all feel it. So they get a real good sense of what's going on in the room, the space of the room, the feel of the room. Mm -hmm. So that's, 
helpful to them. So that's part of um, orientation and mobility. Yes. Orientation, of course, is, you know, learning your environment, orientation to your space, and mobility is anything to do with ambulation, with walking. So there's a specific degree in college, college college-based, called orientation and mobility. So my degree was blind rehabilitation, orientation, and mobility, and I dueled with social services. And, you know, then you can go on and do a lot of – and then there's a degree for – uh, a skills for daily living instructor, a, a VRT, and then low vision therapy. You know, there's a, there's a yeah. lot in the field. And it's a very good field to go into with our population living longer. There's such a great need. There, there really is. We're a small, a small group at this point. We, you know, definitely encourage young people, anybody, if they want to, you know, get involved in this field. Right. You know, they can they can look up the colleges that are offering these degrees and that would be wonderful we need more people i was amazed by 65 years of age one in three americans have some form of vision impairing eye condition and i'm yes. and you know yeah and and we're living longer my gosh yeah mm-hmm. you have your hands full i do i mean this is a show for the elderly but i do also work with infants Uh, zero to three and just genetic things that are going on. You know, people are um, using new alternatives to have children, which has some effect on some things. Um, You know, there's a lot of need out there for people in this field and definitely the eye, the eye issues, you know, macular degeneration as of now, there's no cure. Right. There, um, they're throwing around some, I, you know, is it from the ultraviolet rays of the sun? Is it people with lighter eye color? Uh, there's a lot of different things going on with yeah. uh, why. And then, of course, diabetic retinopathy. Uh, people with diabetes, unfortunately, uh, it can affect the vision yeah. over time. Uh, you know, the glaucoma, the right. retinitis pigmentosa are on my caseload. And other other things, you know, trauma, things like something, you know, like that. So, again, all that you're like you're you're saying that that population, again, is in need of people that have the training I have to help them definitely learn how to live a quality of life again. And they can. They absolutely can. And that's wonderful to hear. Parents are hard to raise family. We want to thank Jill Fagellis again. And we will have her back because I I have another question on the bifocals. So we're definitely going to have her back. (laughs) (laughs) Jill, thank you so much. How can people reach you? Jill Fagellis at gmail.com. I'd be thrilled to help anyone I can in any way. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jill. And parents are hard to raise family. We love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. 
We love our parents, but parents sure are hard to raise. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.